got a whole lot of loving just for you. I got all this loving, but I just want you. Hello, and welcome to Hella Radio. I'm Nora Rose. And my name is Sally. And today we have a special guest. Hi. What's your name? I'm Kate, <laughs> and I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Kate and I are real life friends, so that's a little crazy. Um, it is. <laughs> but uh, she's also a Dusty Heller, just like the rest of us. And so we thought it would be fun to bring in some new opinions. Especially discussing this episode. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. This episode is one of the most episodes. <laughs> <laughs> A nice way to put it. <laughs> so thank you for having me on this episode. <laughs> thank you for so, being here. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. So this uh, episode um, <laughs> starts off with Sam and Dean coming back from Pamela's funeral. And Uriel and Cass are waiting for them. And someone has been killing angels. And they need Dean's help because they've got Alistair strung up six ways. And uh, they need Dean to torture Alistair and get the information of who is killing the angels. Obviously, Dean and Sam are like, ha ha, you're hilarious. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, the angels don't listen to any protests and just take Dean. Um, while Dean is going through the process of torturing Alistair, um, Sam gets in contact with Ruby and has her help him figure out where the angels and Dean are. And then we have the revelation of what Sam is actually doing to get these powers so prevalent. And he's drinking demon blood. And I just have to say, guys, in the perfect world, that would be if a this plot show... Point. <laughs> With well, okay, sure. This this can be a plot point, but if in a perfect world we would have a paralleling plot point where Dean gets addicted to Angel Grace, I'm just gonna say it. Kate is over there dying. It's too early, guys. We are recording like 9 a.m. my time. This not go there. And it's about 1 a.m. our time. And I'm also not ready for that. But at the same time, the aesthetics of that and just right? the implications. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway. Um... Alistair reveals to Dean that uh, John was supposed to be the one who uh, turned and started torturing people. Um, and he also says that Dean was uh, the 
Dean turning and torturing people in hell was the catalyst for the apocalypse. It was the first seal. And uh, meanwhile, there's a leaky pipe. <laughs> and Alistair escapes and attacks Dean and Cass comes in and it's a mess. And then Sam finally shows up and kills Alistair. Not before learning that the demons actually have no idea who is killing the angels. And... Oh, and meanwhile, Anna's there and Cass and Anna are talking about doubts and it's just a whole thing. This episode has a lot to it, guys. (laughs) 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 And uh, Cass figures out that it was Uriel who was killing all of the angels and he's been trying to turn angels to his side to basically do what the demons are doing and try to raise Lucifer. And yeah, it's a mess. And Dean nearly dies. And there are so many revelations in this episode and just such great cinematography. And yeah. Okay. Themes. (laughs) (laughs) There are many. (laughs) um well what do you guys want to start with um i have the first one written as the parallels in all right yeah um i mean there's so many so of course you have sam and ruby and dean and cass having these like parallel paths with angels and demons and oh man i mean it had been going but with drinking it really comes to a head here yeah like uh and that they're like physically separate like they're miles away from each other when it's happening and it's just like oh man (laughs) (laughs) yeah There's, there's, I mean, again, we continue with all of the biblical stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I love when Alistair is telling Dean about the whole righteous man thing and he, and so it shall be written. And, and he's basically, you know, quoting a Bible verse that doesn't actually exist, but it's the same language and everything. Yeah. Yeah. The language in this episode just makes me so happy. Like oh. the the throwback to like the angels not quite speaking biblically and not quite speaking modern normally. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just oh, it just adds to the aesthetic with the cinematography and everything. Um, I also have I had a realization, even though I've seen this episode a bunch of times, but I was like, oh my god, since Anna's here, Anna is. A parallel for Cass, and I think mm-hmm. you guys, have, we've talked about, or you guys have talked about this before, but I realize she's also a parallel for Dean to Cass, 
because she's like the Venn diagram between the two of them. Because in this episode, Anna like drives Cass's doubts and like his push towards humanity. I like that. Like the same yeah. way that Dean does, but it's acceptable because <laughs> because she's an angel. Because she's an angel, and. Yeah, then to Dean, she represents this, like, perfect stoic nature of angels, like in the Heaven and Hell episode, um, when they're having that talk about, oh, you never have doubts, and you never have to feel anything, and, like, that's what he wants to be. So it was like, oh, man. (laughs) Maybe I've been watching the show too much. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really interesting. She's kind of in the middle, like... Dean and Cass are moving towards each other and she's like the point they cross each other's paths, I guess. In yeah. a way. Yeah. She's well like and a- it's it's so interesting because of it it just makes the whole idea of her the fact that she was supposed to be the one to have this romantic long term relationship with Dean. And that I and it ended up being Cass. The fact that she has that parallel with both Dean and Cass just makes that more compelling. Yeah. It's like this weird, like what is it? Like uh oh man, my brain's completely blank. Like triangulating through the other, like they're focusing on Anna. Yeah. She's kind she's kinda like this crossover for both and cast like romantically and like philosophically <laughs> like, they're, they're triangulating on her but it's really about them in this weird way and in a way in a way it's so interesting that anna is the first one cast goes to for like guidance after he yeah decides or admits that he has doubts and anna just says that she's not gonna guide him that he has to like work it out on his own and then he immediately like latches on Dean and like he never stops just like doing what Dean asks after that. Ever. So, yeah. like, ever again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's so true. Oh. So he's like, well, Dean's unconscious. I can't talk to him about this. <laughs> I'm go talk to Anna. <laughs> But it's so interesting, like, when I was watching the, uh, this episode, rewatching it, I was like, this is literally, like, when you go to your, like, older sibling, well, I would imagine, like, telling them about, like, I don't know, having a crush on someone, and they are like, <laughs> buddy, why did it get, gets worse? Like, that's literally why she tells him, it's so funny. That's exactly <laughs> it. Oh, my God. That's yeah. very true. I like that. <laughs> Oh man, um, that's awesome. Uh, and then, of course, you know, to add on to the parallels, there's the like issues around fathers and stuff. Oh between yeah, Dean and Cass, yeah. like the parallels between John and he even God. What is what is that thing that he says at the end? I've got it written down. I guess I'm not the man either of our dads wanted me to be. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Just <laughs> don't you love heart. Dean's issues? Like oh. all encompassing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and then you you add that line that I just quoted to I I know I keep coming back to this episode after episode, but 
Cass and Chuck's relationship in later seasons when it's revealed that Chuck is a bad guy just the parallels are insane (laughs) (laughs) yeah I still haven't seen those episodes but I'm also reminded of the first time Dean meets Chuck after like Mm -hmm. finding out that he's God and how upset that Chuck he actually is and mm-hmm. the way he oh, yeah. is kind of, you know, like, that, that kind of underlines how much he has changed because, like, he thought he wasn't good enough and then, like, he literally, you know, yeah, puts Chuck in his place, <laughs> sort yeah. of. Um, yeah. Smashes his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and just treats him like he's any other guy and not... <laughs> <laughs> He's just some dude. (laughs) It's just a dude. Oh. Um, Another thing that, like, in this episode, just stood stood out to me is how much Cass actually like tries to not lose his faith because, like, he comes with like this entirely elaborate explanation that actually angels dying if it's not demons who are behind behind it, it must be like heaven's will and like God has some plan. And yeah. it's just poor guy, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> really though. And it calls back to Dean in like seasons one and two, where he's like, just trust that dad has a plan, even though he's not talking oh, to us. Yeah. He's not answering the phone. And uh, mm-hmm. Like all real gays, these two bond over father issues. Yes, <laughs> there, I said it. It didn't even take them long. Like, no, it didn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, no. I, yeah, watching this, I was like, I know that it's towards the end of season four, but it still just seems like it's right out of the gate that they, you know, it's link- still his first season. It's still his first season, and they're, the camera is lingering on him when he's, like, looking at Dean or doubting things, and there's just already such a bond, and they've the, only had a handful of episodes together. Like, Yeah. The one, just, the one yeah. camera shot that drives me nuts in this episode, for Cass anyway, um, when it comes to Dean, is uh, when right after Dean finally starts torturing Alistair and we hear Alistair in the other room and we zoom in on Cass and it's just this really close shot of Cass's face and he looks so tortured. Like he's the one being tortured. Yeah. 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 It's, I just, it's so sad. I just love this early season cast because he's just so horny and like literally <laughs> has no filter, you know? Like he's straight up, like he tells Dean that, yeah, he is like, he got too close to his char- people in his charge and like you, like he directly tells to that. I mean, it's insane. Season 15 cast, okay, season 15 cast technically did that, but, like, season 12 <laughs> cast would never. No. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, he's just like, I don't know how to lie yet, so I'm just going to straight up. <laughs> yeah. And Dean just Yeah, like, he hasn't been taught that humans lie. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just going to say this in this beautiful poetic language to your face. Yeah. <laughs> just watch you have a problem with it. <laughs> so I just love how this episode, <laughs> right out of the gate, establishes that it's going to be fucking iconic <laughs> with yeah. that image of the angel in the white dress and the wings on the pavement mm-hmm. like you knew with that shot you're like this is gonna be an episode <laughs> oh yeah and it's the first episode where we see that that's how they die is yes. that their wings get burned off oh. and uh, we recently did a rewatch uh, with my boyfriend, hadn't seen them in sequential order. And when that shot came up, when we first watched it, he was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. I was oh, like, that's man. how they die. I was like, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I just realized that actually we know who is killing the angels right straight ahead because, like, there's this triangular um, wound. In, yeah. in the angel's chest, it's just like, yeah, I missed completely missed that. <laughs> Though we haven't we haven't seen an angel blade yet, so this is the first episode we see an angel oh. blade. Yeah, I watching it for this episode, I was so confused. I was like, it's obviously an angel blade, and then I went on IMDb. I was like, oh wait, this is the first episode, <laughs> yeah, that, where they explain that they carry angel blades. And it's the first time we see it. I was yeah. Like, um, it's pretty obvious. Oh, yeah, I've just been watching the show for years. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. Um, these orders for that where Dean has to torture Alistair. Um, the obvious answer is, I guess, that they're coming from Uriel since he's in charge now. Since yeah. Cass has been kind of de- demoted. But... Do you think it's Uriel? Do you think it's someone farther up? It's clearly someone who's trying to just mess with Dean. Because these aren't these are these are not real orders. These are not from God. Like the way I understood it is that Uriel just wanted Dean to like die. You mm-hmm. know, but I don't know if that like makes sense in the long run because he was obviously the was supposed to be the Michael should buy. But I guess if they he, killed him before like michael would be left without his uh, sword sword sorry so um well and they might not know about the michael sword still yeah i was wondering about because later or no not later i can't remember now the order of episodes but zachariah is kind of in charge of Zachariah doesn't show up yet. He hasn't shown oh, up that's yet. Right. Okay, that's what I thought, but I couldn't remember. Um, but later on, they get into how it's all a setup. And so I was trying to think of like how that, if the orders are coming from higher up than Uriel, or if it's just Uriel trying to cleanse Cass of his human connections. Yeah. Fun fact, when I first watched this episode, um, I mean, I had, like, I was spoiled before I watched this. I kind of knew, like, the main points in Destiel's relationship. And I knew about, like, Cass being lobotomized at some point. 
and I totally thought that it was happening in this season, like behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and not, I mean, I didn't even know about Naomi and so on. So, yeah, that kind of made sense to me at that point. Yeah. 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 For sure. For the record, uh, Zachariah shows up in the next episode. It's a terrible okay. life. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I know it's somewhere around here when he shows up, and God, so from the good. So from the writer's point of view, he very well could be the one who's giving orders at this point. Yeah, but uh, Sally, you're right that it wouldn't make sense for them to kill Dean. I mean, they'd just have to go back to hell basically and get him again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, which actually brings me to my other revelation, which is literally not in the show, but. We do not care about that, do we? But I was just, I was just, I had like this terrible idea that uh, obviously, like Cass tells Dean at the end that they knew that the first seal would be righteous man turning dark, like start starting to torture people, and I was like, if does this? And then Cass says, yeah, we we were we went for you, but like we were late. We got there, uh, not. I mean, after you already had started torturing, so they couldn't avoid that. And then, like, the depressing part of my brain was, like, does Cass ever blame himself for that? Like, could he have been gone there, like, earlier to have saved Dean? And, you know? And, yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) That's terrible. I love it. I love it so much. It's so sad. You're welcome. <laughs> In the worst oh, way. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, oh man. Let me let me read the the dialogue for the I was getting too close to the humans in my charge bit. Yes. Since when does Uriel put a leash on you? My superiors have begun to question my sympathies. Your sympathies? I was getting too close to the humans in my charge. You. They feel I've begun to express emotions. Doorways to doubt. Can I just say, Anakin Skywalker much? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They really are like the angels and Jedis of trying to separate human emotions and... But I just love how that doesn't like sound. Uh, that sounds like something that was told to Cass, and he's just repeating it to Dean's face. Yes, like exactly. he has. He he doesn't understand that he's just telling what he's been told. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably why they got to Dean late because they were supposed to get to him late. Like, yeah. He he was supposed to turn. And he he doesn't get informed. He's on the like need to know basis, and so he's just getting told you have to rescue this hole from hell, and not why or yeah. the details. Yeah, and another thing that kind of another thought I had watching this that kind of got debunked the moment Alistair started talking about John having been like the original righteous man is that i thought oh maybe the prophecy as long as i mean related relating to dean being the michael sword uh, in the end i mean it wouldn't 
it started the moment Dean chose to torture. Like, he wasn't supposed to, you know, like, maybe there were, like, many righteous men and, men, and then the moment one decided to turn dark is the moment the prophecy, like, okay, you know, starts rolling. You know, I have thoughts on this. Because <laughs> um, here's the thing. Sam is definitely Lucifer's vessel. From dress, yes. So Dean has to be Michael's vessel because it's the whole brother thing. That's so true. this is, and so my thought is that Alistair is just making shit up about John, that this whole thing about John supposed to be the righteous man is just something that Alistair is making up to try to throw Dean off. Yeah, that's true. I could see that, but you saying that gave me a thought. So okay. <laughs> in the episode in the beginning, Michael possesses young John as the delightful Matt Cohen. And so not in, in the beginning, but in the in one the, in Oh wait, no, in the later one. Yeah, the one in season five. Okay, but, season five, yes. But he possesses John's body, and John's body is able to hold him. And they talk for about For that the short amount of time. That's true. Because I know they talk about, like, the bloodlines and, like, the yeah, genetic yeah. kind of thing. So I'm wondering if, like, John could be. And then my brain went to this prequel that we're talking about, about John and Mary yes. when they were younger. So what if John also had a brother that maybe died somewhere along the way that we don't know about if that came forward in the, in the prequel. See, I like, yeah. I like all of the people who are talking about how Mary was, would have been a vessel. Ooh. Yeah. 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 I also so it was John and Mary who were Lucifer that, and yeah. Michael. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, technically, if John was supposed to be like Lucifer's vessel, he would be able to hold Michael, I guess, because like strength wise, yeah, Michael and Lucifer are brothers too. So like maybe not forever, but I mean, it would make sense that, yeah, he could possess John. Yeah. So many things we could, rabbit holes we could go to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yo, especially for this episode. Um. Can I, can I once again talk about this, Alistair? Yes. He's just, okay, Dean walks in and he starts singing cheek to cheek. <laughs> Iconic. In his creepy, weird fucking voice. Weird little voice. And I love it so much. It's amazing. Oh, oh man. And, and all of his little, he's got so many little quips like my favorite one is something caught in my throat. I think it's my throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. He's so creepy. And and if we're going to talk about this actor, we have to well and I mean we have to talk about it during this episode anyway. The yeah. fact that Jensen has talked about 
that scene where Alistair is beating him up and when he's strangling him, that was real. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. I didn't know this. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Someone asked about uh, asked about it during a convention saying, you know, that scene just looks so real and Jensen was like, um, that's because it was. <laughs> I almost died. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I wrote down for that torturing scene that the rituals really are intricate. <laughs> just, just like there is a ritual, literally, but also just the, you know, physical contact and all of the like face acting that's happening. And then he's actually getting <laughs> choked out. Yeah, yeah okay. Amazing. Face acting uh, when... When Alistair is doing the reveal about, you know, we will owe it all to you when we win and when the apocalypse, you know, comes and yada yada. And Dean's back is to him and it's just focusing on his face. Masterclass in acting and micro expressions. Oh my God. The micro expressions are off of the charts. It's insane. Like when like, his face is twitching. Yeah, and, and his jaw is twitching, and he's just like so intent on this invisible thing that he's focusing on. Yep. Like, yep. where is his Oscar? <laughs> where is his right. Uh, yeah. Like when I started watching this show, I was like, I wasn't expecting much, like acting wise, but I was positively surprised <laughs> by some leading men, not all. <laughs> <laughs> right, we don't have to go into that. <laughs> oh, okay. I know we don't want to talk about this. Try it. The cast is thrown onto a piece of rebar. We oh, absolutely yeah. want to talk about oh, that. Yeah. I have that I, in my notes. I, yeah. I lost my mind when I saw this. I didn't remember yeah. it at all. I just have it in all caps with no other notes underneath it. The rebar. <laughs> Every, like... Hey, hey, if you think that this is the moment Cass was supposed to die originally, if the the plot or the thing went to Anna and we still had Anna, maybe this is when Cass was supposed to die. And maybe. that makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot worse. <laughs> oh my god, I hadn't even thought of that. That's such a good point. Did they literally take Cass's death and give it to Dean? Like, this, that's so romantic in a way! You know? <laughs> I have to go breathe. <laughs> Oh, that's like Shakespearean, and I can't handle it. Oh, man, that's neither so neither could Dean. That's why he died. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Savage. I love it. Oh man. But okay. 
obviously they didn't have season 15 in mind when they were writing season four but do whose idea do you think it was to be like, hey, remember how we almost killed Cass in season four? Let's do that to Dean. I guarantee you they didn't even think of it. Probably not. But like, it's right there. <laughs> I <laughs> it's mean, almost the exact same shot. Right. My argument was also that they, like, obviously they didn't know what was going to happen in season 15. In season 15 wasn't i mean maybe there was no season 15 back in season no. four but there was se- definitely season four when they all shot season 15 so exactly no. exactly well and then it was up to them on the fly to think of the handprint on dean's jacket in fifteen eighteen. that wasn't in the script and so like yeah uh, feelings so they still yeah yes can i have you guys talk about cast and benches for a second cast because and what? we benches like oh, sitting yes. down on benches like because we have it's the great pumpkin sam winchester where we have that beautiful beautiful scene at the park we have this with uriel we have the man who would be king. I'm sure there's more, but those are the top three. Right. My man just li- like sitting down on benches. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just and he always things. has like serious moments on them. Like they're yep. big. It's like they probably he's... weren't referencing this, but it's like the sculpture of the thinker. Like he's just <sighs> there and being pensive, and everything around him is mostly empty space and i like that honestly honestly i think it's very cast because like he is an angel who has watched humanity like for like centuries or millennia and that's like sitting on bench is literally what what you i mean in watching around is what benches are made for (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point that's really yeah so i like that and they uh they had um when he goes to see Uriel, they're sitting outside of a playground. And then of course the playgrounds become special later on as gateways to heaven or a specific playground is a gateway to heaven. I was like, wait, did they do this on purpose or was it an accident again? I didn't even think of that. Cause it like cuts back out to a wider shot and then they're in front of the playground. And I almost just like flip the table. I'm like, you've got to be kidding (laughs) me. I just love the decision that they, out of all places, they decided that the playgrounds and like sand pits should be the gateway to heaven. <laughs> you know, some locations you know, it was just walking around Vancouver being like, playgrounds, sure. <laughs> Something different. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Streetlight. Oh, Flickering man. Halo. Oh man, I have so representing much <laughs> flickering halo, representing flickering faith. Yes, and Cass's lamp. Yep, <laughs> yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> that too. I mean, yeah, the shots. I mean, we've mentioned that this episode is beautiful. Like, pretty much every frame is gorgeous. Uh. I wrote, Cass's lamp, lamp is humanity and doubt. 
<laughs> and it's beautiful. I and mean, the, the, the fact that it stays on, like it starts flickering and it stays on the moment Anna uh, yeah. appears. So he kind of, you know, like he kind of finds his He's found face, faith in something I, else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's having faith in his doubt. Yeah. And, and that line, for the first time, I feel... That line makes me insane because you think there's going to be a continuation. Like, it's going to, for the first time, I feel, and I mean, it's going to go on and he's going to say what he feels. And it literally ends there. <laughs> and, and it's not just like, it's not just like it, like, trails off and ends there. She, Anna is like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. It gets worse. Yeah. Like, if that isn't humanity in a nutshell, I don't know what it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. So many feelings. There's, there's a post that I saw a while back about supernatural and bloody men on their feet, on their knees. Not their feet, their knees. Yes. And it was just, I wish that I could reference back to it to talk to you guys more about it because it was just profound. Is it the one that has the parallels, parallel gifts between uh, Dean and Cass and then someone wrote, I want what they have. And someone, yes. else, someone else didn't get it and said, what do you mean being covered in blood? <laughs> just like, And then they wrote this whole analysis and yeah, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. And I can't remember what all they said, but it's just like, there's something so like visceral about it. And if, if some, poetic. if one of our listeners has that post saved or happens to be the person who wrote that post, please share it with us because, oh man, it's such a good post. <laughs> I probably reblogged it somewhere. Yeah, please do uh, because I don't think I have seen it. Oh, or it's maybe. so good. Yeah. I'll try to find it somewhere eventually. Yeah, this this episode has my most favorite shot of Cass exactly on his knee knees when yeah mm -hmm. he really spinning him up and and when he's doing that the light is so harsh on his face you don't see the lamp but you still have it and the contrast with the blood and mm. oh it's so good yeah um did either of you feel like either the lighting in the room with Alistair was low enough that Jensen's pupils were blown really ridiculously wide or they did something? It looks to me like his eyes are basically black, which is funny because they Ooh. definitely do that effect for sam in this episode yes so i i don't think that it was on purpose but i think it's interesting yeah i don't think it was on purpose 
something about the lighting, but, something about the coloring. It it's just it's a little unnerving, especially with it happening for sure to Sam. Yeah. Um, that shot of Sam looks really creepy when he's driving, but then it zooms in slowly, so it makes it comical <laughs> at the same time when he's drive the Impala so much. At least it's not that zoom on Crowley in what is it, season seven? <laughs> right. <laughs> But I think this episode probably has like the most close-ups out of any supernatural episode. Oh yeah, I, but in like not a weird way either. It totally works. Yeah, there are yeah. some early episodes where they're way too close and it's it doesn't quite work, but this one is like just the right amount of you're going to look at this person's face. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> It's so good. Um, I love when Dean's Dean's like in critical condition, um, in the hospital, and Sam's there, and Cass is there, um, and Sam is basically accusing Cass of being at fault for what happened. And Cass just looks so appalled at the idea of being responsible for this. Yeah. Which, he, which I'm sure partially is just because he's an angel. But also, you know, I'm a shipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks completely just broken to think that he did this to him. Yeah. And I think... Because he also like fell for Uriel's plan, and I don't. I think he is kind of upset over that. You know, like from like he should. He was Uriel's superior before. Like he should have known and seen through it, but he didn't. And it kind of yeah. plays plays into what what uh, the angels or whoever it was has been telling him about like the doubts you know like crippling him and making him like him like an easier target because dean is his weakness and like see what happened now because of that he got hurt yeah okay good continuing sorry i'm going through my notes Um, (laughs) continuing with my whole theory about john not actually being the righteous man or supposed to be the righteous man. If, if John was supposed to be the righteous man, why didn't the angels rescue him? Tried to rescue him. I mean, can you blame them? (laughs) No, I'm so with you. But do you get what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, that's a good point. That's a good... Yeah. They were like, just leave him on the rack. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the righteous man is supposed to be the one who ends it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, Yeah. I'm with you on that. 
that mm-hmm. Dean was probably always supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, Alistair's Alistair... just fucking with him. Alistair is definitely fucking with him. Was, I mean, he knows exactly what Papa wants to push. That is like apparent from everything he says to Dean, and he knows Dean's exactly. main insecurity is not being as good as his dad. So, like, look, his dad lasted like hundred years, and he only broke after thirty or something. Like his mm-hmm. entire act is based on all deals Dean's insecurity. So that definitely is also just like him fucking with Dean. Yeah. And also, can we imagine John actually holding out for a hundred years? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, and yeah, we don't have to get into that with <laughs> the fact that John actually does belong in hell, but <laughs> you oh, know. God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to get into that. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Oh, I must not have, because these are from a while ago. Just going through my 85 pages of Supernatural tag. (laughs) (laughs) So, Cass is trying so hard at that last scene to give Dean what he needs. He's trying... To be that friend. He's trying to be that support. He's trying to be. What. Dean needs to hear. And and it's just not. Making a dent. But he is trying. He is trying. And. It's one of those rare moments. Where you see Dean just like completely broken. Yeah. And it's probably like one of the first times in the early seasons, like after John dies, is probably one. But then this, he just feels like completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And I'm not strong enough. Yeah. And it's one of the few times that he admits it out loud to anyone that he's not strong enough. Yeah. And it makes me want to eat glass. <laughs> <laughs> but also. Uh, when he says find somebody else like being completely aware that that is not possible yeah you know like he knows that i mean he doesn't know about being the sort of michael yet but he knows that he has like this divine purpose and yeah like this faith yeah um and also when i think in a way the dean i mean cast tries to as you said, say, be everything they need in, in that moment. But at the same time, he also, the things he says, I think, are the th- things he himself would like to hear at that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that it's like faith and not that all of this is not like meaningless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's even heavier for Cass because, like, Dean is, I don't know how many years old and how long he has been alive. 
in that scene, but like Cass has been serving God and this divine purpose for like millennia. And then now he finds out that maybe all of that was meaningless. So it's very hard on him. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It hurts. If I've done my math correctly, Dean should be 30. I think so. Oh, okay. Because he's supposed to be 26 when the In show the first starts? season? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 30 years compared to millennia. <laughs> That's awesome. And do you have the, you have the exact quote? What he what he tells tells Dean? Like it's some it's fate that befalls you uh, or something? I might. I found the transcript. <laughs> nice. Uh are you asking what? Cass tells Dean. Yeah, when he says that it's fate that befalls you or something in the end. But there's a line before that, I remember. I thought it was like a very good line. And uh yes, he says uh Dean asks him what it means to be the righteous man who starts it is also the righteous man who finishes it. Right. Um, yeah. He he says, "What does that mean?" And Cass says, "I don't know." And then Dean says, "Bull." <laughs> OCW. And then Ca- <laughs> Cass says, "I don't know, Dean. They don't tell me much. Our fate rests with you." Right. Which just comes back to the Jedi of, "Help us, Obi Wan. You're our only <laughs> hope." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> And just that Dean's last words in the episode are, find someone else. It's not me. And then he starts crying. And then it cuts. And it's and just it's, like... It's it's once again that... I don't I don't know if you were aware of this term, Kate, uh, but uh, the OPT, the One Perfect Tear. Yes, from, from <laughs> your... Uh, not the most recent episode, but the episode before. <laughs> Yes. I was not aware of that term until you said it. <laughs> Only the OTP, which of course is me and Cass. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, not that we have to get into a ton of it, but I had one of the themes that I wrote was Dean and then control versus futility. Because that Ooh. there's so much in this episode about how he just... Every beat, like every story point in this episode, is about Dean losing more and more control and then having more and more burdens placed on him at the same time. Like, first he gets whisked away from Sam. He has no control over that. And then he's being made to torture Alistair. And then once he does have control over Alistair, he loses it by Alistair breaking out. And then gets told about the first seal... And then gets knocked unconscious. <laughs> and, he d- and he doesn't see Sam, but he finds out later that Sam is using his powers that he's been trying to get him not to use. And then the second burden is laid on him of having to now stop the apocalypse. <laughs> like, it just keeps adding. Local yeah. man's bad day just got worse. <laughs> 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 
I mean, he also starts out already having no control, or having had no control over Pam- Pamela dying. So he's yes. already yes. in the motions of that. Exactly. In sense. Uh, oh, yeah. it's so well, and the angels immediately take control when they don't even like let him, you know, decide whether or not he's coming or not. They just like, boop, you're coming. <laughs> yeah. Like, angel powers are never on the inside. When they had powers, they just annoyed him with it. And then when he really needed angels to have powers, they didn't, (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah, that's just Eric Kripke being like, we can't have angels because they'd be too powerful. Oh, we'll just make them dicks. (laughs) It's fine. I mean, he should have thought about that before writing angels into this. (sighs) Oh, there we go. Any other... Yeah. <laughs> um I have at least one other. Um Go for it. I was watching this and I was like in my disease ridden brain. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Dean is the leaky pipe. <laughs> like the way that it throws a wrench in everything and it was something that you know, people couldn't have foreseen and it's, but then it becomes a positive thing of like showing cast that one, there's doubt and two, there's love. (laughs) And at first, when I was transcribing these to type it from my handwritten notes, all I wrote was Dean is the leaky pipe. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, what does this mean? (laughs) Uh, but yeah, he's just, he's like Cass, he's just the spanner in the works. And yeah. cracking oh, his God. chassis. Cracking his chassis. And uh, if only they knew <laughs> what they had on their hands. Man. Yeah. But also, in a sense, Cass is also a leaky pipe. Oh yeah. I mean that's a more apparent parallel for me even though I haven't watched the later seasons but like how people say that Cass is the only one who doesn't follow Chuck's plan that kind of yeah. is the definition of being a leaky pipe I guess. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They're leaky pipes together in the yeah. sad warehouse basement that is supernatural. <laughs> they are they are making up making it up as they go so yeah oh my god (laughs) (laughs) great callback (laughs) yeah another thing speaking go ahead Uh, another thing that this is not very important but it just like stood out to me that alistair can have we talked about this i don't remember alistair can exercise angels apparently Right? Yeah. We did talk about that momentarily in the first Anna episodes because he tries it. We don't know what he's doing in that instance. But he does try it at that time. 
but yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And we never see anyone do this again. Yeah. And and he isn't even like Prince of Hell or something, right? Like he is like a powerful. He does demon. have white eyes like Lilith. So he must oh, be high yeah. ranking. He does. Yeah. So but, he must be one of the first demons, so he's like incredibly old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And powerful. And also going along with that, that they added the detail of uh, keeping the camera on his face when Dean fills up the needle with holy water. Like, yeah. Dean's actually able to intimidate this powerful demon. Yeah. And he's making that face when Dean can't see him. So, like, yeah. he's not doing it to freak him out or, like, lull him into a false sense of security. He's actually intimidated by what Dean's about to do. Yeah. And that just speaks to how incredibly fucked up Dean is. Yeah. And I think he he would be the one to know when to be intimidated by Dean because he I mean he made Dean in a exactly. way. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. He carved him into a new animal. Oh. You. Oh, exactly. <laughs> the language in this and just It's uh, just poetic. All the details and all the uh, so good. And there's a reason why this is my first favorite episode. It is a very good episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing is that uh, the absolute, like, not confusion, but, like, something between confusion and horror, the moment Cass sees what Sam is doing. Yeah. That was so interesting because he doesn't yet know why he rescued Dean or what's going to happen. And I don't think he knows about Sam being um, supposed to be like Lucifer's vessel or he does. I don't remember. But I don't think think he does yet. Yeah. Yeah, So he is like properly intimidated by that. I think watching him basically like torture and uh, kill Alistair. Yeah. With his mind. (laughs) I can't remember. Is this the first time we see Sam actually kill demons with his mind? Okay. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It was also very interesting. Like, there there are two deaths in this episode, and I don't know if it was like some kind of hurdle with like uh, production. at the point when they made this, or is this like a conscious choice? But the way Alistair dies is not usually the way demons die. It kind of resembles the way angels die. Like it's verging between, because he doesn't do this entire, you know, when they go like uh, yellowish and start to like flicker, he goes yeah. more whitish than yellowish, the way angels do. And then at the end, when Uriel is killed by Anna, there is like little delay and i don't i'm not sure if it's like for the drama of it or why doesn't he die instantly because he is she has to get out that line (laughs) yes see it's for the drama (laughs) yeah and i think it's i'm guessing that it's for the drama but i do love it because when i rewatched it i was like wait why isn't he exploding (laughs) and then oh there we go um yeah and it was crazy that Cass stabs 
uh, Alistair, and he doesn't glow from the wound immediately because it's not, like, directly in his heart, but it doesn't glow at all. And then when Cass is using his telekinesis to yeah. drive it in further, I'm like, wait, why won't he die? Like, he's barely affected by the knife, and it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Just... But also just the grit and the shot of Cass, like using his powers to hold the knife and just insane. Yeah. Yeah, that hand close up. You can say it. It's fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's Misha. about the hands. <laughs> just a reminder that I will watch this on Friday. People who know will know. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> you guys have more to say? <laughs> this this episode, it just has a lot to talk about. This is a long episode. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, that's okay. There is a lot. There is a lot to say. But if we're getting on in time, no, no. Um... <laughs> Uh, next episode, we're talking about, speaking of someone we've talked about a lot this episode, the monster at the end of this book, which is Chuck's first episode, and the rapture. I know Sally's really excited for that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are different words. That could describe my emotions <laughs> towards those dead episodes, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a party, and I'm excited. And then after that, we're going to finish up season four, which is insane. I can't believe we're already that far. And it's going to be great. And let us know, guys, if you enjoyed having a guest this episode. I think she's pretty great. Um, I did enjoy it personally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for letting me join you. Yeah. And, and I'm sure we will have you on again. I would be honored. And it'll be a blast. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Hella Radio. I'm Nora Rose. And I'm Sally. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Hella Radio. Theme music was provided by Kalua. And thank you so much to Josh for being our wonderful editor. Let me cry.